We are Allie and Erica, certified integrative nutrition health coaches in gut and hormone health and the hosts of the podcast, Courageous Wellness. We are committed to destigmatizing conversations in the wellness space and celebrate the experiences and lessons of our guests in pursuit of physical, emotional, and spiritual wellness. Listen to Courageous Wellness wherever you get your podcasts with fresh episodes every Wednesday. Welcome to the High Vibration Living Podcast. I'm your host, Chef Whitney Aronoff founder of Starseed Kitchen and High Vibration Foods. Join me for conversation where we learn about food, wellness, beauty, travel, and spiritual concepts for high vibration living. Only you know what your body needs. Let this be the reminder that you have the power to tap in and know the food, self-care, and spiritual practices that will best serve you. I will be sharing my knowledge and learning with you from experts providing insight into nourishing all the layers of you, the physical, emotional, spiritual, and etheric bodies, so you can feel your best and live your dreams. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the High Vibration Living Podcast. I'm your host, Chef Whitney Aronoff, founder of Starseed Kitchen and High Vibration Foods. Happy 2024. Happy New Year. Happy eight year. And I thought kicking off this 2024 season of the podcast, it would be a perfect time to connect with Joanna Pitt, who is an evolutionary astrologer, a Kundalini yoga and meditation teacher. She's a native to Los Angeles. She studied at Duke University and Oxford University, and she is one of my go-to astrologers whose take on planetary alignments I really trust. If you guys haven't heard of evolutionary astrology, it's really about the soul's journey in this lifetime. So your own personal energetic blueprint written with the placements of the planets at the time and location of your birth. So it is taking your solar return reading and really understanding your soul's journey for this lifetime. So you you use your natal chart like a map. So you find opportunities and understand your patterns so you can really flourish in life. So Joanna and I connected to chat about all the planetary alignments for the beginning of 2024, and then traditional yogic ways that we reflect on the year that happened and plan for the year ahead. If you guys aren't familiar with Joanna, she is also known well for the work that she did with Rama Institute and her support with Guru Jagat, who she worked very closely with for six years. So without further ado, here is my episode with Joanna Pitt. Enjoy. Hi, Joanna. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Whitney. I'm so happy to be here with you today. Such a treat to have you here. And you're my first evolutionary astrologer to be on the podcast. Oh my gosh. I'm very, I'm very honored. I'm very honored to be here and and talk with you. And you and I have met through a yoga community as well. So it's it's important for us to keep talking about all of these energies that are moving in the world and how we're all responding to them and how we can communicate with one another and share. I think it's really, really important. Yeah, I think so too. I think whenever we feel in a funk or this, the energy doesn't feel right and we know we're in a place that is not our natural state, it's good to reach out and find out that other people that are experiencing that, that you're not alone. Um, And sometimes even if you think, you know, I must need a vacation, maybe it's just the energy where I am. Maybe it's the Wi-Fi, but no matter where you go, you're still going to feel that way because it's something universally that's happening planetary wise that we can't control. That's absolutely true. And I think that this year has been particularly dynamic. I think Um, The eclipses this year were very, very powerful. There was a lot of shifts in energy overall. Um, And, you know, for for those of us sort of watching the planetary energies and moving with the sort of the currents of the universe, then we're feeling it more acutely. And as you kind of mentioned, we're all going through it. I think that the difference is our sensitivity level and also really as individuals, we experience things different, right? So some of us are going to feel it more emotionally, or some of us are going to, you know, whether that's um, anxiety or shame or pain, or they're going to get their feelings hurt more often, for example, or, you know, whatever that might be for them. And then some people are going to go into sort of an intellectual, like, why is this happening? And, you know, they're going to want to find follow the facts and, and try and figure it out. 
And I think that a lot of people, um, you know, might also just be rolling with the energy and just not really understand why things are tense. And so for those of us that are following the planets and following the energy uh, through astrology or any other system, like I know human design also sort of moves throughout these transitions as well. A lot of people are really involved with that and learning more and more, um, which is like, I'm kind of fascinated by it. It's not obviously my primary um, entry entry place, but um, in terms of the astrology, so this year we had sort of a, a major shift where the planet Pluto, which is, um, or a dwarf planet, I don't know how people are classifying Pluto these days, but it is a very impactful, slow moving um, planetary energy that moves throughout our universe. And it takes a long time. It's quite impactful. And Pluto in for the first time in almost 250 years went into the um, sign of Aquarius earlier in the spring of this year, 2023. And, you know, it was only there for six weeks, but it was like, here's a little preview folks. Right. And then it retreated back to where it had been before. And a lot of stuff has been coming to light this year in our collective and our local communities and your personal, maybe in your family, local communities, um, your, you know, friend groups, for example, but also globally, we're seeing it on a macro scale. There's just been a lot of change and shifts in, and things are coming to light finally, right? We're seeing our governments for what they are, right? The collective Aquarius, we're starting to rise up and say, pay attention of, wait a second, the information that we've been fed doesn't align anymore. And so we're just now beginning to sort of deal with that. And so Pluto in 2024 will come back into an, into Aquarius and stay even longer. And then just a short hop back into the sign of Capricorn, right, where we're going to kind of wrap up, hopefully, um, a lot of these energies of our systems of government or, you know, the way things have been. And then we really in 2025 are moving this energy forward into Aquarius. But it's interesting. We're still just at the very beginning of this. We don't know how it's going to turn out. And I think that's part of why there's so much uncertainty in the collective right now. And it's part of the the fear of like, what's next? Because we truly don't know. We're forging this path, all of us together as individuals in our small groups, like our family groups or our friend groups or the associations that we belong to or the yoga communities or whatever that might be for you. And then out and growing, growing, growing into our city and our county and our state and our you know country. And then, of course, the collective of the world. So it is a very fascinating time to be alive. Um, and the story is, you know, it's being written every day as we speak. Thank you for that reminder. Because so over the past few weeks, I've just been decluttering. You know, it's the end of the year. I want to make space for new energy to come into my life in 2024. And one of the ways I like to do that is just to clear paperwork, just clear stuff. And I found tons of my old like spiritual journals where I talked with my astrologer, Lavendar, who's the woman who coined the term starseed, who's the one that found those planetary alignments, all kind of bringing people with the same with the same purpose to the planet at this time. And in those notes, I found, you know, at the end of the day, Whitney, your sole purpose is just to be here for the changing of the guards. It's a changing of the guards. And we don't know what that's going to look like. It's probably not going to be pretty, um, but that's what you're here to to witness and hold space mm-hmm. for. And so that was interesting confirmation that you just shared that there's like a big changing of the guards going on with everyone's governments, with the way, yeah. you know, life works on this planet. And it can seem just overwhelming and exhausting and scary, but at the same time, it's like what we signed up for. So it can't be that bad. No, you're absolutely right. We came here at this time to experience this 
change, this transformation. And it is very interesting. I've been, again, having so many conversations with people. I think it's it's really out there in the collective, um, this energy and the shift. And again, you as a sensitive person are understanding this and also really honing in on what your own path is, right? What your own destiny path. And I was talking with a friend and I, it's a very important um, confirmation. You know, there's so much going on in the world and there's a lot of people raising their voices and saying things that we don't, from my perspective, like, do you really mean that? Right? Like there's, there's just confusion. And I think there's still this feeling, this herd mentality of like, oh, well, the shift of the collective is going this way. So I must go that way. But like, oh no, I'm not like everybody else. I'm going to go this way. Right. And she said something very interesting to me that I've really taken to heart, which is I have a lot to say about a lot that's going on in the world, but my role is to hold a specific frequency. And that is what I need to stay true to. And so I would encourage everybody listening at wherever you are in your um, life path to really feel deeply into that of what is the frequency that I'm holding? Where can I shine in what is true to me that? feels authentic and real. And it may be speaking out and, you know, really participating in the collective and the changes and the shifts and sort of forging that path ahead. Or it might be, no, I'm going to listen. I'm here to share one-on-one or I'm here to do internal work. I need to be the best me that I can be in order to show up for others, right? So you can kind of follow in to to where you are. And it's something that I've been thinking a lot about is, you know, one year ends and the next year comes in. And I'm not a stickler for like getting everything written down by the end of the year. I think this is a transition um, from, you know, December into January. I'm also a little slower sometimes on this. So I want to give myself a little grace on when I do it. But to really take a look back on the year and you're kind of doing it already, as you mentioned, just by cleaning up your papers, right? Or, you know, getting organized. So in that process, look back and say, list your accomplishments, really hone in on the thing of like, oh, I bought that sweater. I love that sweater. You know, it could be as basic as that, or it could be, oh, that dinner. Oh, here's a receipt for that meal that I had with my friends and what a wonderful experience. I'm going to put that on my, you know, list of accomplishments. You know, I had a great meal out and a great night out with friends I hadn't seen in a really long time. And we connected on these subjects and I'm going to take that with me into the new year. Right. So your accomplishments and achievements, um, and things that you've experienced can be small or large. It doesn't need to be you know, some great shift. And I think, again, for a lot of people, we focus on the large movements, like I changed jobs, or I moved houses, or, you know, I I started dating somebody, or I got divorced, or my child was born. Well, we have so many moments throughout the day, throughout the week, you know, and throughout the year, that are really worth honoring in ourselves. And I think that it's really important to look back and see what those achievements were, whether it was positive or negative. You know, it might have been, oh, that time that I had that meal with a friend, but, and it, you know, I wanted to tell them, but I didn't tell them. And why didn't I tell them? And go a little bit deeper into that and say, look, okay, am I ready to let something go? Or am I ready to let something in into the new year? So we all have chances to do this at any time, right? It's not always, but I think that end of the year reflection and beginning of the year reflection is very important um, for all of us as individuals and collective, especially if you're on a spiritual path, right? You we're here to grow. <laughs> so that's let's do it. Good idea. Like I've never sat down at the end of a year or the beginning of a new and written down all the things that I'm proud of that I accomplished in the past year. You just always keep thinking, oh, you know, there's more to do. There's more to do. There's more to do. I, I'm running out of time. Um, and I like the idea of just sitting back and congratulating my for myself on how I've evolved over the years. Yeah. Because this is one of the things I'm most interested in astrology is these cycles, these cycles of life, the cycles of the planets. Um, and in evolutionary astrology, we're particularly focused on the, the evolution of our soul path. 
Um, but in addition, it's the alignment of ourself as a cosmic being with the laws of the universe. And again, flowing with the energy of the seasons, for example, you know, spring, summer, fall, winter, really moving into the energies as that, you know, as the year progresses and you're cycling through. Um, and then you've got smaller cycles by, you know, by month, etc. And then you've got longer cycles, like I mentioned, Pluto, for example, if you're going through a Pluto transit, for example, that could take three years. I mean, that's a long time. So what does that feel like when you're in the middle of a change? It's hard to know, right? When you're in the, literally in the thick of it and just to be like, oh my gosh, will this ever end? And it does. So how do we honor ourselves and the minor changes, the minutia that happens during that phase, right? And I do think this time for reflection and slowing down as you come in, you know, to the winter solstice and move forward into the new year. I mean, winter is a time, you know, there's not a lot of sunlight, right? We've got a lot of darkness. So light that candle, get the journal out and really go deep into these cycles and see what shifts did I make this year? Was it a good one? Was it, you know, not so great? Could I have done better? Um, maybe I actually really did it. You know, may, give yourself that credit because I imagine you've done a lot of things this year that you should be really proud of. Thank you. You too. <laughs> it was a year. It was a year yeah. for sure. It was a tough year. Energetically, it just continues to feel so heavy. And there are times where I don't know if it feels heavy because that's the year or it's because of, if you look at Chinese astrology, it's been a cat year and I'm a rooster. It's been my enemy, enemy year. Um, but I know 2024 is an eight year and there's a lot of ways to interpret the eight, whether it's interpreting it as money or um, karma. Um, what is your interpretation of 2024 numerology wise, even though I know that's not your, your thing, but it's, I'm curious if you've explored it. Yeah, I've explored it a little bit. Um, I practice Kundalini yoga and in that system, we talk a lot about the 10 bodies where we have, um, the energies of 10 different bodies are mental, the mental bodies, the physical body, and then the spiritual bodies. And the eight represents the pranic body and prana is our life force. So this is very, very potent. Um, eight is, you know, as the symbol of infinity and in many systems, it's the, a number of, pro, you know, great prosperity. Um, and in, in the practice that I do, again, it represents this deep um, energy of the being of, that drives us and gets us through, right? And so the stronger our life force, hopefully the more accelerated we can be um, and more expansive than, that we can be. And the eight is also ruled by Mercury. So one of the things that's happening too is things are really going to start to speed up. And I do think that in this this past year, 2023, it was a lot, it was like speed up and then slow down and then speed up and slow down. And it's like, what's happening over here? Oh, there's a war. Oh, then it's kind of over maybe a little bit. Oh, there's something else that we are supposed to pay attention to. And like, oh, what's happening over here, right? And it's been a little disjointed. It's been hard to determine where we should put our energy because it's been we've kind of been building. Um, but in an eight-year rule by the planet Mercury, we're just going to start speeding through. And a lot of, of new thought forms are going to come in. There's a lot of um, energetic upgrades and ascension. I know a lot of healers and um, light workers have been talking about this. Just a lot of new new energy is coming in that really will allow us to sort of accelerate and grow and really move through some things. So again, it's a nice chance for us to look back and let go of other stuff. You know, okay, did we, can we put this to bed? <laughs> Is it what, what needs to be said? Or even if it's just an acknowledgement to ourselves um, to let something go. There's a practice, I think it's actually a Buddhist practice called recapitulation. And a, a dear friend and mentor sort of brought this up many years ago to me where it's like, you can have a conversation with yourself where you go through an experience and you can rewrite it or have the conversation that you wanted to have 
or you know, relive an experience, but change the details so the outcome is to your advantage. And your subconscious mind does not know the difference between reality and non-reality. So let's rewire ourselves to get the results that we want and put ourselves in the frame of mind where we can be ready for the full speed ahead energy of the eight year. Um, Because we're still going to have eclipses. We're still going to have energetic, you know, shifts and the planets are going to continue to move. So it's really about how we align with that, whether that's a, you know, the, in the fullness of our being, or if there's resistance. One of the things that people will say to me sometimes in my astrology practice is, well, is this a good thing or a bad thing? And energy is neutral. So this is up to us how we want to approach it, mm-hmm. how we want to experience it and live it and use that pranic force, that life force to maneuver through time and space. So what do you like to do since next year, it sounds like it's really going to be all about nourishing our life force energy in order to use the energy to expand in ways that we want to learn and grow and be. What are the things you like to do to nourish your your prana? Uh, I love to exercise. So I am a daily practitioner of yoga. Um, yoga and meditation every single day. That's non-negotiable. Now, this could be as simple as three minutes a day. Um, I'm wondering, probably most of your listeners have done yoga at some point. So even something as basic as cat-cow, just three minutes a day of cat-cow to get the energy moving and get the breath flowing through the system and the blood moving. So physical practice is very, very important to have a base. So that's just the beginning of it, right? And then, I mean, I love to be outdoors. I live on the West Coast, so it's sunny most of the time. I'm very, very lucky for that. So exercise is is a non-negotiable, and I like to do a variety of things. That's part of it. Another really, again, is journaling, sort of checking in with myself energetically. What do I need today? Do I need more sleep? Do I need Uh, more nutrition, uh, right? Do I need exercise? Is it yoga? Is it meditation? Is it, you know, phone a friend, right? As as you said on the outset, it's important to connect with others, particularly Mm -hmm. people that are, um, that you trust and that you feel held by on your spiritual journey or your life path that understand, you know, and just can be an open ear and just say, hey, I need can you give me 10 minutes? I need to get this off my chest or I'm feeling this. Can you just presence that for me? Right. Um, and those I think honestly are the most important. And then also there's fun and play and music and dance and right. Art, create, do something. I have a friend who's been doing these monthly uh, workshops at her home and just a, a few friends coming over and we do a little bit of yoga and then we do some kind of art. You know, we paint watercolors or we draw or we do some mon- mandala, you know, crayons <laughs> and yeah. you know, we just, we just play. And I think that that's been a really helpful addition to sort of, you know, the, the daily experience because sitting home alone, reading a book about you know, expanding your consciousness isn't always going to do the trick, right? We have to experience life and transform. And I love Kundalini yoga. It's the yoga of experience. So you have to experience it in order to get the change and to get the benefit. So there's a, like, there's a lot of mythology around the new year, whether it's the Western New Year or the Chinese New Year, lots of different people have traditions and things that they have to do, they have to eat, colors they have to wear. You know, you play kind of in two schools. You're very involved in Kundalini Yoga, but you obviously live in the West. So I'd love to know, do you have any traditions that you like to make sure you implement in January or February for good luck or prosperity or anything of the sort? I, I have to say it's a little mundane. Um, And I think it says a lot about me actually of what I like to do on the new year, which is I love to take get a puzzle. And I, I do usually it's like a 1000 pieces, you know, it's like, it's a significant investment. um, And it actually really quiets my mind to have something that I'm focused on, that I can just, 
I generally try and do it with my family, but pretty much what ends up happening is I'm the one working on it and the rest of them kind of come in and out and maybe I'll get a couple pieces in. But for the most part, it's my, it's a meditative multi-hour project, multi-day project, what ends up happening. Um, and I just love it, you, you know, to create something and to use my brain. And in many ways, it just quiets a lot of the noise because I'm really focused on this puzzle. And I like putting the liter, you know, it's the literal yeah. becomes figurative, right? You're putting the pieces together of what you're developing something and creating something and building something that'll last. Um, and usually, you know, we keep it out for way longer than it should be out, but <laughs> sometime around March, usually I put it back in the box and, you know, wow. back into the closet. So yeah, I love doing a puzzle on New Year's. I, I find it really helps me move into the new energy. That's really fascinating. I've never heard that one. So you don't eat black eyed peas. You don't wear the color red. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know there's a ton of others out there. Um, and I always find it in- interesting. This is a great reminder that we just need to personalize our traditions around these significant dates. Yeah. And I think too, you know, it is interesting how the calendars crisscross, right? Mm -hmm. The solstice is very important. It's a very important day in astrology and in any spiritual practice as well. I mean, the sun is at a particular angle, right? At this 23 degree. Um, And, you know, so it's like the earth and the sun are aligning in a particular moment. It's the, in the Northern hemisphere, it's the shortest daylight day of the year, the least amount of sunlight, right? The longest night of the year. And it's right before Christmas. Um, So there's a lot of, you know, there's many, many traditions, the solstice, the Yule, the, and, you know, as you mentioned, there's, there's so many practices and rituals that you can use and create. And I think, a lot of families have made their own and a lot of, you know, friend groups as well have done that. You know, it's like all the friends, you know, when you're in college, it's like, let's all get together the night after Christmas and, or whatever that, you know, the day after Christmas and we'll do an elephant gift of change or something like that. Or, you know, like I, I was saying, do a puzzle or something. So I think it's really feel into what you need and all, you know, something that you can do with your friends or your family to create a ritual whether that's something festive and fun, um, a game, or if it is more meditative, you know, maybe it's you're doing some breathwork practice or a journaling practice and it's friends get together and you can talk about the things that you and I have been talking about. Okay, let's write down everything we've accomplished this year. Let's write down our wins. Let's write down our losses. Let's write down the things that we want to rewrite. Let's tell a new story um, and then move into the new year. But it's strange how the time shifts. And as you mentioned, the Chinese New Year's and, you know, with the new moon in Aquarius, and then the astrological New Year follows that and with the equinox in the spring. So there's a lot of change and transition that happens over these many months. And the calendar, well, you know, time is time is not really real anyway. So we can maneuver time and space however we want. And we don't know which calendar is really correct anyway. I mean, <laughs> exactly. You know, and, and who knows if any truth with that will ever be revealed in our lifetime. So we just have to kind of flow with it. Yep. Is there anything that we need to know about the astrology of January, February, March, just the beginning of the year um, that can help us all collectively? Because I know astrology is so personal, depending on where you have planets. Um, And if anyone's not had their natal chart done, I would highly suggest. Um, (laughs) But what, how can we look at what's happening in the beginning of the year and how it's going to support all of us collectively? It actually ties into the acceleration that I was, we were talking about earlier. So in the last several months of 2023, we've had a lot of planets retrograde. And what that means for us collectively is that if you look at the sky and you compare the orbit paths of the earth around the sun versus the other planets around the sun, it looks like the earth is going faster and the other planets are moving backwards. That's sort of the energetics of the retrogrades. And it's a time 
of reflection and deepening of our understanding of whatever that energy is. So over like from November into December, the planets one by one were starting to turn direct. And then on the New Year's Eve, December 31st, January 1st, depending on your time zone, the planet Mercury will be turning direct out of its retrograde. And also the planet Jupiter will be turning direct out of its retrograde. So starting in January, right at the beginning of the year, we now have two more planets. And also Chiron is also turning direct. Chiron is not a planet. It's a dwarf planet or an large asteroid, some might think, but it's the energy around um, the wound or the wounded healer energy that, you know, we all can Jupiter is a planet of expansion and Mercury is a planet of technology and communication. So those three energies are now going to start to move forward. But when planets turn direct, they're still like getting out of the, the rut in a way. Mm-hmm. So it's, it takes a little bit of time. It takes a couple of weeks to sort of start moving fast and, you know, move getting into its groove. Hi, I'm Chef Whitney Aronoff. As a personal chef, I created custom organic spices for my clients. These blends are of the highest quality with no added sugar, MSG, caking agents, or any junk. I want you to have the same access to good quality seasonings, which is why I've launched my line of organic spice blends. High Vibration Foods by Starseed Kitchen is my collection of chef-crafted organic spice blends made with only good-for-you ingredients. I use organic source spices, ancient mineral-rich Redmond Real Salt, prepare the blends listening to Kundalini Mantra music, then charge the jars with the quartz Giza crystals for a true high-vibration experience. You can now purchase my most requested blend, 11 Magic Herbs and Spices, on StarseedKitchen.com. Use code STARSEED for 10% off your purchase. Can't wait for you to enjoy. In January, we'll still only have one planet that's retrograde, which is Uranus, the planet Uranus. And then later on, Uranus then will turn direct. So when we start heading into February, March, like things are really going to start picking up energetically because all of the planets will be moving forward. And it's been interesting too to watch look back because we were kind of in this situation at the beginning of 2023 where all the planets were retrograde, things were a little slow and then everything turned direct and things sped up. And then all of a sudden they all kind of slowed down again and went retrograde. So again, with this energetic cycle of things feel accelerated and then things feel a little strange and it feels more internal. And now we have to look within and slow things down. So here we are right? Turning around, getting things in order. And I think that this is really going to help us again, attune to the new energy of the eight year. Yeah. It's hard when energies shift to sort of get in line with it. You know, it's basically like you're getting on the highway, you know, from like, you know, just getting on the on-ramp, right? And you're going 20 miles an hour, 25 miles an hour. And then all of a sudden you're in the high speed lane at, you know, 80 miles an hour, what it is. So it takes a minute for us to shift gears. And that's kind of what January is going to offer for us is an opportunity to start moving a little bit forward and looking ahead and going, you know, if things need to be finished up or wrapped up or like picked up again, a project that was left behind, ready to move forward you know, that's how, that's how we can do it. And we can kind of plan out our year. If you're really paying attention to the planets, um, um, this is something that I'm actually going to be doing in um, January is offering a four part series for looking at the year ahead and following these energies, these planetary energies, and how they're going to work for you and what part of your life, because for all of us as individuals, we have unique astrology charts, we have unique natal charts, the energies show up for us differently throughout the year. Sometimes, you know, like you might go through something and you're you're feeling, oh, the energy is so heavy right now, but it's not affecting me in that way. Or you might say like my business, my business, my business. And I'll say, oh, it's all about my home, right? There's a lot going on in my home, but my career is fine. I'm like, work's great, (laughs) right? Um, We're all different and we process the energy that comes through differently. 
So yeah, it's going to be a fascinating um, look at the year ahead to really personalize it and see how how we can maneuver. I think it's super helpful because I'd rather work with the energy than fight it. And that's the worst feeling. You know, it's like when, you know, as we've been talking about, winter is the season to go in, to slow down. There's less light. So, you know, you, sh- you should be a little less busy. You should take a little more time at home and do some inner work and reflection and clean your space and, and prepare for when the sun does stay out longer and you can spend more time out playing. Um, but it's hard to slow down when you don't want to, when nature or the universe decides it's time. Um, so I think it's definitely helpful when you have a little roadmap. And I think that's the gift of astrology is, um, is the roadmap that it can provide. Yeah. Yeah. And I also want to say too, that when you're looking at the totality of the seasons, you know, winter is the time where a lot of seeds actually are planted Mm. because they start to sprout in the spring, right? Um, And I know for anybody that actually is planting seeds and gardens, you know, there, everything's on its own cycle, right? Sometimes you plant bulbs, right? You plant bulbs early on or you plant different things later on. So, um, but in the winter is really a time to, as you said, nurture yourself, plant these seeds for what the year might bring, you know, or what you want to accomplish or, you know, look ahead. I want to do this trip in the summer, or there's a retreat coming up in, you know, July that kind of seems interesting, right? So you're planting the seeds for yourself for this future experience that you're going to have during the different seasons. And it's a, also another beautiful way to approach the year ahead go season by season what does winter look like to me what does staying home and being quiet and being with family or you know locking down you know planning my business you know for the year or the different offerings that i want to do or launches sales etc i mean you know the holidays in are the holidays, right? There's always Memorial Day holiday and there's the Labor Day holiday and the Thanksgiving holiday. So all of that can too be planned much earlier so Mm -hmm. that when those times do arise, again, you can just pull out that roadmap and make adjustments. Nothing needs to be fixed because to your point, when we follow the energy, a lot of things open up. Um, but if we're not paying attention, then we can get blindsided. And my hope as an astrologer and a, you know, yoga and meditation teacher, again, is really to tune in, follow your intuition, follow your gut. By the way, this is, I think, where human design helps a lot. If people know their human design um, authority, again, practice practice if you're sacral or splenic, right? Practice that. Pay attention, attune into it, follow your authority, follow the energy and see what happens and see what new things come in. Because when we can open ourselves up and be authentically us, this is when opportunities arise. Yeah. And there's a lot, just more ease and grace in living. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, and play and play. Yes, please. More of that. (laughs) So when should somebody who hasn't necessarily gotten um, their natal chart read, should they Mm -hmm. be getting that read for their birthday? Should be getting that read for the new year? Is there a particular time that you suggest for someone who hasn't gotten it done before? Or maybe it's just been a while? I think it's really great to do it around your birthday. Um. That is your solar return, right? When the sun comes back to the exact degree and minute at the time that you were born. And if you look at the grid in and of itself, like the event grid for your birthday, it has a different feel. It's not fixed, right? The planets are constantly moving. And in some ways, they're never really going to align well, in all ways, they will never align back to the time that it was that you were born yet in this lifetime, because, you know, we're finite. And um, certainly the outer planets don't return to that place, you know, for many, many years, centuries, in some cases. So the solar return does give you a lot of information of what the year ahead will bring. And 
that's your new year, right? That's the, that the sun is our own shining light. It's the heartbeat. It's our self-actualization and the sun evolves. We evolve. We're never static. We're never going to go back to the place that we were at 5, 10, 20, 40 years ago. So much has happened. New people come into our lives, right? New relationships are formed. And it's interesting because in relationship is when we learn the most about ourselves. And so every person that you meet, every interaction is an opportunity for growth. And we take that with us, whether it's conscious or not pay attention to the people that you come into contact with. Uh, it's For me, it's a work in progress. I would love to say I'm nice to everybody I meet. It's not true at all. <laughs> I'm super crusty, you know, um, but, but it's, it, I try and remind myself, you know, they're on their path as well. And here we are. And maybe this is the moment that we need to come together and share something. Um, and I think that that is something that to really pay attention to as well in our world where there's so much uncertainty and there's so many random things that happen and you never know when you're going to find yourself somewhere like you know you get stuck somewhere if there's an earthquake or you know you know you hear these stories like oh a fire just came in or like this crazy thing happened or whatever accidents happen pay attention to who you meet during those periods moments of tension or moments of stress because most likely that person's there to teach you something and then you can take it with you and then move into the next part of your evolution. So the solar return actually has a lot of information about how the next year is going to roll. And um, just as these other important astrological moments, eclipses particularly, I think are very interesting um, eclipses bring opportunities and they also bring a lot of closure because eclipses are tied in with the nodes of the moon and the nodes of the moon are energies around our destiny direction and the gifts that we've come into this lifetime with and the collective karma of, you know, our societies and our communities, small and large. And the eclipses in 2024 are all about relationships and mm. who we are as individuals what we stand for, how we show up in our own magnificence and how we relate to other people. Um, the, the nodes of the moon are going to be in the signs of Libra and Aries all year. And Libra and Aries are ruled by the planets Venus and Mars, which is the planets of desire and the planets of passion and the planets of romance. Um, and also, you know, Venus is um, receptive and feminine and yin energy and Mars is masculine and yang and it's, you know, it's moving forward. It's taking initiative. It's a lot more, um, uh, it's seeking things out, new creations, right? Where Venus is in the more allowing state. But Venus and Mars are really important when it comes to relationships and how we deal with one another, how we show up for ourselves. So it's, it, that's, if there's one overarching theme, that's one that I would say, I, I don't like to limit it to one. Obviously I mentioned before, you know, the planet Pluto is moving into Aquarius. So that also is very, very important. I think that it's really interesting for all of us as individuals to really understand what motivates us where we get our own energy back to that eight life force, right? Mm -hmm. How do we stand solid in ourselves, contained, clear, clear-minded, clear-focused? And even if we don't know and things are unclear, to be able to stand in that unclarity and just say, right now, I'm not sure what direction to move, so I'm just going to slow down. And I'm going to wait, and I'm going to give myself some grace and some presence and maybe I'll make myself a beautiful meal and I'll put myself to bed early or take a bath or go for a walk until the energy shifts and then there's more clarity to move forward. I liked that you shared some themes for 2024 because I think it helps 
in putting together your goals for the year. And so for me, you gave me good confirmation of some of the big and small goals I have in mind for the life that I want to be living in 2024. You know, I want to have more community. I want to do more in-person events. I want to make connections. You know, that is something I really am calling in. And that's something that's going to naturally be in the air now in 2024. So there's so much more ease and grace in that coming together. Absolutely. And now's the time to plan that out. What does that look like for you? Is it, you know, I want to do one dinner party a quarter, right? I'm going to, whatever that might look like for you, or, you know, I'm going to invite a random assortment of people that I know so that I can create community amongst an energetically supportive crew. I know these people don't know one another and that's the point of it, right? Or it's like maybe one of them is I haven't seen my college friends and we're going to we're going to make it happen. This is the year we're all going to get together and we're going to go on a short trip together. Or, you know, I'm I want my children to really know my extended family. You know, I'm going to go on a trip and take the entire family and really create that. So, we have a lot of we have a lot of things that we can do and I think that that's part of this sort of reflective time of again, looking back what did I do? Did I do it well? What was missing? What's the piece that feels like it need, it's ready to come in? Um, and if we can, again, show up for ourselves and really do the things that are important to us, other people will show up too. Because we're all one, right? We all have the same desires that each other have. We all, you know, want to love and be loved. We want to be seen. We want to be heard. We want to be held. And if you're listening to this conversation, we want to grow. And that certainly for me has always been a major theme, growth. And sometimes growth is ugly and it's painful and it's, you know, a lot of crying. And that too is so beautiful to just be there in that presence and like, you know, whether it's just like grieving for something or allowing emotions to show up. Because this is, again, how we can be seen with our friends, right? And our, our colleagues and our family um, and the community. Nobody has it all figured out. So allow that, right? We can learn so much from one another. Well, where do you turn to keep learning and growing? Because you're so you know, immersed in your astrology and kundalini community. You know, You have a lot of resources of people that you can turn to. Um, to keep learning, like, where do you go when you feel like it's time to be sparked with some new information? This is a great question. I read a lot. I also listen to a lot of podcasts. And so I'll just find something that seems like a theme that I'm interested in, or, you know, a host such as you, right, who is having interesting conversations with different people. So again, you can sort of follow a thread in the direction that you're feeling. Um, And it doesn't always, it's not like you have to beat yourself up over it or, you know, some people really immerse themselves into a topic and I'm a manifesting generator. So I like a little bit of everything. Um, and sometimes that's, um, you know, calling a friend or what are you learning about? I'm in a book club, which I love with a bunch of people, by the way, that I don't really even know. I, there's one, there's two people in my book club that I know, and the rest of them are strangers to me, but it's been really interesting finding out what interests them and, you know, what they're doing in their lives. And you, the spark of knowledge and wisdom can truly come from anywhere, from any experience. Um, and I also want to just encourage everybody as well, and I know I'm biased as an astrologer, um, is to look up at the stars and watch the moon, watch the planets. Um, in in the time that, that we're talking, you know, Venus is coming up in the morning sky before dawn every day. And later in 2024, Venus will be appearing in the evening sky. So, you know, follow follow the energy of the planets, literally feel into the natural world, you know, plant some roses, bring some, you know, energy, play with a puppy, right? All of this just gives us more creativity than opportunity to get into a new energy field. I have a lot of crystals as well um, that I like to 
you know, move around and hold and, you know, place in my home to, again, align with planetary energies or, you know, just for fun of, you know, I need to clear the energy in my house or I need to move, move something like really move again, my own life force. Sometimes that's hard to, to figure out what I, what exactly needs to happen. So sometimes I'll just start with crystals and I'll move the crystals around. And then all of a sudden a new shift will occur and a new opening, a new pathway for a new piece of information. Um, I also am a big believer in continuing education. Take a course, take a workshop. Um, It can be something that you're finding online. It could be something at your local community college or university. Um, I've done a lot of classes over the years um, with UCLA Extension. I've even taken yeah. some courses um, we're off with Oxford University um, in England. You know, I have a friend now taking a, a course with um, University of Chicago. There are there is so much information and knowledge out in the world. Whatever idea you have, you can follow it through, um, and it doesn't take much. That is a great tip. Such a great reminder. Are there any books that you can share for anyone listening that's curious about astrology or spiritual practices that you've enjoyed reading recently? Oh my gosh, that is such that's a huge question. <laughs> I love that question. Um I'm constantly reading astrology books. I'm reading one right now on Saturn that's extremely mm. fascinating. I'm very interested in the planet Saturn. Um it's by Liz Green, and I'm really enjoying that. I also have a, a stack of books um, by Osho that I'm about to mm-hmm. wade through. Um, there's a mm-hmm. wonderful book called Astrology Book called Cosmos and Psyche about outer planetary cycles, which are really involved in shifts of our consciousness and longer term. Um, shifts in the collective, right? Like, you know, part of it is this age of Aquarius that's starting to come in and a real shift from the age of Pisces to the age of Aquarius. And these are thousands of year cycles, right? It's like, it's not like one day we wake up and we're in the new age, right? It takes hundreds of years to transition into these new eras. Um, And I've been enjoying listening to Rick Rubin, the author and music producer, and he just wrote this book on creativity, and it's been extremely fascinating, Um, and I really encourage people to dig into that as well, even if they don't consider themselves an artist or, Mm -hmm. you know, a creative person, whatever that might, we put boundaries, right, around creativity. I think particularly when we're young, we hear things like, oh, you're not such a great artist or like, oh, please don't sing. Or, you know, like that happens a lot in the choir. One kid's asked, like, just mouth the words, right? And then they have a complex their whole life about singing. It shouldn't be that way, right? We should be able to create just to create, just for creation's sake. And um, and I think that to delve into that mind stream, thought stream and experience is really important for all of us as well. I think Rick Rubin is a great person for people to just watch or explore if you want to work on self-worth. Because yeah. I think he is like the perfect example of valuing his self-worth. It's mm-hmm. fascinating. Um, yeah, everything I've heard him say and talk about, it's like, yeah, you're right. Like, like your point of my, your point of view has value. Um, Mm -hmm. and he helps you kind of reevaluate everything. Yeah. And he's also very interesting too, in the sort of idea that I've been talking about of following the energy, because whenever I've heard him talk about his story and how he began, you know, he started producing music in his college dorm room. So it's not like, it doesn't seem like he set out with some grand master plan to be this amazing music producer who's going to change the face of music and work with artists across genres, et cetera, et cetera. He was simply following his passion and following the energy. And I think that, again, is something that I try to do every day. So use that as an example. Follow wherever the energy is taking you. And another thing that I think is one of these sort of laws of the universe that I that I really ascribe to is how you do one thing is how you do everything. Mm-hmm. So do the thing you're doing well. Whatever it is, if it's you know 
finishing writing a report for your work or, you know, buying gifts for your family or, you know, cleaning up or as you're saying, like organizing your home or, you know, going on a long road trip and, you know, doing something, whatever it is, do it well, because that's then you do it well in one area, then all of a sudden everything else falls in line and becomes easier and less resistant. And um, I've really taken that to heart over the years. And I think it's a really good concept to kind of keep in mind. Do you use an app to track the planetary cycles that you check daily? Or are you more following the energy with how you feel and kind of the larger shifts you see going on planetary wise? Generally, I pay attention mostly to the longer term cycles rather than the where's the moon right now kind of um, uh, paying attention. <laughs> it moves very fast, by the way. The moon moves very fast. Um, I know a lot of people really are tracking the moon. Okay, the moon's here, the moon's there. Um, and today that you and I are talking, it's it's a new moon actually. So um, the, in, the moon is in Sagittarius. And we're here, we're talking about knowledge and consciousness and energy, which is perfect um, <laughs> encapsulation of what that is all about. But I do use time passages to track the planets. It's very clear, basic, straightforward, which I love. Um, I also use the Lila app for evolutionary astrology, L-I-L-A. It's a new yes. app that's just come out in the last couple of years. And I think that is very dynamic and gives you a lot of information. Um, and it's a lot, also a lot of fun. Um, and I also like the Chani app because I'll get a little like daily in, you know, a little horoscope each day. But in terms of looking at planets, I like time passages because I like to see and literally visualize the the graphic of the, the zodiac. Um, I like to see it. I'm very visual. Some people like to hear about the planets and they'll just, you know, listen to somebody talk about archetypes or general energy threads that are happening in the zeitgeist. Um, but I, I personally like to see it, which is also why I like to go out at night and look at the moon. Where is the moon? Okay, oh, it's over to the left. It's in the west. It's a, you know, it's a, you know, it's moving through the sky, and that gives it gives me a a sense of where I am in the field and in the cosmic flow. Last astrology question for you. So since you use the Time Passages app, I had an astrologer once tell me that you don't ever want to sign contracts on void of moon. So when it's void of moon, which, you know, happens like every three days, you don't sign contracts or any, any, any major deal. You just wait until the next day. Have you heard that before? Um, I've definitely heard the void of moon is a moment to pause, right? So it basically means that the moon's not making aspects to any other planets. And so in a way, it's kind of out there floating in space, not steady or anchored to any other energy. So yeah, it might be, again, the moon is our energetic field. The moon is a feminine, watery, intuitive, creative aspect. It's a good time to take a bath and take a long nap. <laughs> Use it as a moment to pause yeah. and read over the contract and yeah. you know think deeply about whether you want to sign that new lease or that business opportunity. Yeah. I never thought about looking at it that way because, you know, mm -hmm. the little Gemini that I am, I just am like the roadrunner. How fast can we go and can we go faster? So Exactly. Exactly. And there's always time though, right? So in some way, it's use that piece, that moment for the pause and the thing also to remember about a void of moon is that it will look at the last aspect it made. I mean, you really have to be paying attention to astrology to be tracking all of this. Um, but look at the last aspect because that's the thread that it's holding on to during the moment mm. where it's void before it makes it to the next phase. So that's very interesting. I love that you're tracking it. Good for you. <laughs> well, I've, I've had that app for a long time um, yeah. because 
Lavender had told me years ago, like, you know, don't sign any big deals when it's void of moon. So I used mm-hmm. to check it frequently. Um, I don't as often as I used to, but I thought, mm, I have an expert with me. Let me revisit yeah. my notes and see like what <laughs> another person from another astrology school has to say about it. And mm-hmm. that's a good reminder that I needed to hear that there's power in pause. Like there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with pausing for a moment. And there's a lot of power when you take a moment to really think about your next steps and your next decision. You always don't have to be going a hundred miles an hour. Especially if that's your natural state, right? If you're constantly going that quickly, it's even more important to slow down. Um, yeah. yeah. There's also an app called Luna that I like, or it's iLuna. And that also will list the next, the void of moon. It'll tell you when, it'll tell you what sign the moon is in and when it's changing signs. Um, and then I've also got this new app that I love called, I have to look it up to get, tell you the exact name. Um, but it's called sky tonight and it's a astronomy app. So it's by scientists. <laughs> it's not technically astrology. It's not giving you horoscopes or energy updates about what the planets are doing in relation to one another, but it will tell you what's in the sky and what's visible. And that's also very interesting to know, oh, Mercury's visible right now. Oh, Jupiter's yeah. visible right now. Or, you know, when can I see Venus? And it'll actually tell you the times. Um, and then it has that thing where you can you know, the camera where you can sort of place your phone towards anywhere in the sky and I'll tell you what constellation is there, if there's any planets, et cetera. Um, and I'm finding that to be very entertaining um, mm-hmm. and very helpful too, again, to align with energies like, okay, Mercury's really visible and strong. What do, how can I use that energy, right? Do I need to write a letter to someone or an email or do I need to, you know, update my, you know, phone operating system, et cetera. Um, it'll give you a little bit of hint on, and to tune in with the energy frequency. And that I'll remind people can in the winter time, it's the best time to see the Pleiades. So you mm-hmm. can walk outside at night and look straight up, like immediately straight up. And you'll see what looks like not the little dipper, but a mini dipper. And that's the Pleiades. And so I do the same thing. It's like when I can see certain star systems, um, I tap into asking them for support or help in whatever I feel like work I do that aligns with with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I suggest this time of year, go outside and look straight up if you want to see the little starseed Pleiadians. And ask for any support that that, that they may be willing to give as they support the changing of the guards, which we all get to play witness to. Well, any, can you leave maybe our listeners with maybe one final tip on something that they can do to support their health, well-being, goal planning for 2024? Yeah, well, I think... Again, I just really want people to sort of tune in on what they have been doing and presence everything that is working (laughs) because we need to honor ourselves first and foremost and really give ourselves some attention and grace and a pat on the back. I think that is the most important. I think everything begins with being true to yourself loving yourself, forgiving yourself, and, you know, allowing you to be you, just be you. That's really, truly the most important thing that I want to leave everyone with, because we're all unique. We all come with our own stuff, right? Where our, our every, our backgrounds are all different. Our energies are different. Our interests are different. We're all aligned in with the great cosmic mother, right? The great forces of nature. We're all able to, you know, feel in and tap in to the universal creative force. So be present and allow and open your heart. There's a lot of joy there. And where can people connect with you and keep learning from you after this episode? So my website is called twinfawnsastrology.com. And I'll be posting, you know, new courses throughout the year and different things that are going to be coming up in 2024. I'm really excited about. 
And also you can find me on Instagram, which is at Joanna underscore underscore pit. Um, um, so please feel free to reach out, email, DM. I'm, I love talking with people. I love chatting about where they are on their path, on their journey. I give private astrology readings. And also um, I've been teaching a lot more as well. So if you're interested in learning more about astrology and any of the themes that you and I have talked about today, um, then then please feel free to reach out. And, and as you mentioned as well, I'm, I'm very involved in uh, the yoga and meditation space too. So that is very much part of my work and my path, my destiny path. Um, and I, I really encourage people to um, do some kind of practice for themselves. It doesn't need to be mine, but, you know, whatever, you know, works for you, whether it's a breath practice or, you know, some kind of healing or somatic therapy or dance, yoga, uh, really feel into that. There's a lot of opportunities out there and a lot of amazing teachers. So do, do your best. And where can people find out about the class that you mentioned that you're teaching in the beginning of the year about so kind of the- that'll be yeah that'll be posted on my website um twinfawnsastrology.com perfect well thank yeah. you so much it was such a treat to connect with you and start my year with you always a pleasure to see you so thank you thank you Whitney thank you for listening to this episode of the high vibration living podcast please leave a five-star rating and review wherever you are tuning in from to help more listeners like and find this podcast. And if you really loved what you heard today, pay it forward and send this episode to a friend or loved one. For more Starseed Kitchen, visit starseedkitchen.com and follow us on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Be sure to pick up a jar of my high vibration foods, organic spices, which you can purchase on starseedkitchen.com. You can find me and follow along on my chef adventures on all your favorite social media channels at Whitney Aronoff. Thanks again for tuning in. Cheers to you and your health.